Welcome to the D-Shift Podcast, where we provide inspiration, motivation, and education to help you transition from the challenges of divorce to discover the freedom and ability to live life on your own terms. Are you ready? Let's get this shift started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the D-Shift. And today we are going to get educated on how to use the skills that we have to get back into the workforce or to get paid for a job that you love doing. And so my guest today is Miriam Rose Cohn. And Miriam Rose is a multilingual career coach, and she does a whole bunch of work with people on how to recognize the skills that you have and create um, a job opportunity uh, to put yourself in front of employers that you really want to work for that job. So Miriam Rose, thank you so much for being here. This is a very important topic for a lot of people listening to this podcast. Well, hi, Marty, and thank you very much for having me. You know, I'm honored that you'd like me to work with you considering all the work you're doing. Well, <laughs> we, we all have to support each other. And I think it's always yes. phenomenal when we can when we can help each other out. So, um, mm-hmm. and Miriam Rose, I know what you do is, like I say, is really important because people's income determines your quality of life, your ability to go on vacations, your ability to get free of financial stress and problems. So tell us a little bit about yourself your background, and what got you excited and passionate about helping people find a job they love? Okay. Well, I have to go a little back in the past for that. <laughs> but uh, when my children were grown, I, I always I've taught. I, I taught at the university for tw- more than 20 years. I always loved to teach. And so I thought, um, and I discovered I was a nurturer. And uh, because of what happened in my life, I I had nothing and I had to rebuild my career. I decided once I mastered that to pass it on and help other people accomplish the same thing. Uh, I educate, which is another form of teaching, right? Sure. And I nurture my clients. When clients come to me, I take them from beginning to end and I'm there with them. It's not go and watch this webinar and we'll talk about it or that, although I do have a course, but I still am on a personal level with my clients and I hold their hands, as it were, from the moment we start working together till they reach their goal. Because having gone for a career transition twice myself, I know the fear people experience. Yeah. And, you know, the fear, the doubt and what will happen and... So I'm there for them as a confidant. I'm not their other half or partner or spouse saying, you have to go out and get a job. It is much more important for me that my clients find a job they love to do, that truly enjoy doing, and they get paid for it. And the reason it's so important is because if you do what you enjoy, you lead a much more harmonious and joyous life. Yes, yes. Right? And that means fewer headaches, lower blood pressure. And while I'm not a doctor, I I know that this means fewer diseases, you know, and you can enjoy life. So that's why it's so important to me. So when people come to me and they say, I need to find a job. First of all, I don't like the word job. That implies you have to get up and you have to go and do it and you don't really want to. No, we find a position a position you enjoy. And if you don't know what that is, then we do career exploration first. 
And then once we're set, and I guide you through the process, once we're set on uh, what it is you'd, you've decided what you like to do, then I will write your uh, resume and LinkedIn profile. While I have, And I also teach you how to conduct a job search. So I do those documents while you're conducting your job search. And then, you know, we make sure it addresses the position you'd like to have. And that too takes some time because a lot of people think they're just, you know, fill out an application online, then they wait. You you can wait till doomsday. Right. Uh, You have to be a lot more proactive. And I teach my clients how to get in touch with the hiring manager who's behind it because, yes, you have to send a resume to HR, but they're really a black hole, right? They're not going to do anything until somebody upstairs in the company says, hey, HR, you have a resume for so. <laughs> so I want to, I want to, I know you've got, I know you've got other steps, but I want to, if you don't yeah. mind, I'd like to circle back to something you said. One of the first things you do with your clients is career exploration or yes. um, exploring a position that would suit them. How many times do you find that people, because like you, I changed careers. I've changed careers a couple of times. And, you know, uh, I had a really good corporate job working for a meatpacking plant when I got out of university. And it was yes. a good job. I mean, it was very well paid. I was in upper kind of management. Left that, got my teaching degree, taught school for years and years, got my master's, was a consultant, left that. And people kept saying to me, like, why are you in, especially when I had the master's, right? Well, you're just going to go into another teaching degree or another teaching job, right? And I kept saying, no, that's not what I want to do. What is it that gets people stuck in the fact that I took this degree program, I have to stay in this this lane? A lot of people think if they've only done one thing most of their life, they can't do anything else. And nothing could be further from the truth. We all have abilities and skills that are transferable. Now, you can't be a surgeon overnight or an architect or an engineer. But if I may, let me give you a couple of examples of my past clients. One lady was an administrative assistant, and she just wanted so badly to be a scuba diving instructor. Okay, but she couldn't afford the lessons. So first of all, start getting an administrative assistant position at a scuba diving school, which we accomplished. And then the people get to know her and she can take the classes at a reduced rate or whatever. And eventually she became it. Now, again, not overnight. Right. But she accomplished it. I had a gentleman who was a project manager inside. And when I asked him to make me collage, everything was outside. And I go, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you inside when you want to be outside? It turns out he wanted to be a motorcycle racer. But by the time we met, he was already married with two small children. So, you know, very well, his wife was going to say, no, right. you're not. <laughs> <laughs> but we found him a position at a motorcycle racing track. So he worked in the aftermarket and could apply his ability and skills there. And he probably got to race some of those motorcycles, but nobody needed to know about right, it. Right. You know, but he was in an environment he enjoyed and he liked. And I had another lady who, who was laid off in her uh, mid-40s, also happened to be administrative assistant. But she says, who's going to hire me now? And, you know, I'll never make this kind of money again. What, what, 
So we did our career exploration work and turned out you would have been a very good entrepreneur. So, okay, what would you like to do? And uh, at the time, the market was feasible and something she enjoyed doing, interacting with people. She decided to become a real estate agent. And from there, she built up her own company, which freed up her time. First of all, she was making a lot more money she ever would have as an administrative assistant. Sure. Plus she had free time to take care of her elderly mother. You know, these are just a, a couple of examples. Um, and I know your audience is mostly women, but it would apply to them too. I had a gentleman, 57 years old, who worked, who worked, excuse me, in a narrow field, technical recruiting. Mm-hmm. And he says, how am I going to find another job now? Well, we did due diligence. And uh, with him, it was within eight weeks, he had a position closer to home, making more money, and um, as happy as a climb, you know, because people think age is a factor. And look, if you're in your 50s, you don't go apply to the gap. You know, that's a young generation. Right. Sure. It, 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 you know, that's ruled out. But there are plenty of other places you can go and work and do. And, you know, the term has been overused, reinventing yourself. But it's just thinking differently about how you can use your skills and what makes you happy. Right. You know, so many people says, well, first my parents said, then my spouse said, yeah, but what do you want? Right, right. What do you want? And in today's market, if you are unhappy in your work, in the position you have, or you're out of work, or your life seems to be floating aimlessly, you seem to have no direction. There are no excuses for this in today's world because since the pandemic, so many opportunities have arisen that most people don't know about. You know, it's easy to guide them. There's no more reason to be unhappy or miserable at work. And, you know, that that is something very true. I know the pandemic initially knocked a lot of people out of their jobs and caused a lot of stress and financial hardship for people. Right. But I know that even where I live in a small rural area in Texas, most companies are hiring now. Like there's signs, like you can drive around our little community and there's big banners outside businesses like hiring or looking for people. And, and so I, and would you agree to Miriam Rose that the, um, although people seem to really resent the, um, the newer employees only staying for a few years and then moving on to a new career that actually frees up positions in companies um, more than it used to when you kind of went in like at 20 years of age and you worked there until you retired and you just slowly yeah, moved up right. the corporate ladder because there was positions in those upper levels. Right. Well, that what you just described is that that's gone. <laughs> that's a thing of the past. And most people in, you know, in today's world, we'll choose at least five or six different types of uh, careers before they find the one they land on. Right. Now, what you described where uh, people move around, it's not only good for the employer who gets fresh talent and maybe a fresh perspective on things. It's also good for the employee because they acquire a lot more experience. Right. And again, more flexibility in finding something that gets you towards your goal, right? Right, right. This is just the absolute thing. People need to think about work as a job. No, it's a position where you enjoy the work, you get paid for it, 
you acquire experience and you can do other things with it. Whether you work as an employee, as an entrepreneur, it doesn't matter. Besides, people are missing out on one thing. They don't understand that whether they're an employee or not, we're all entrepreneurs today because I have to teach my clients that if they don't take care of their career or wherever they want to be, even if they don't want to do a career transition, if they don't manage their career, nobody else will. Exactly. And that's just like being an entrepreneur and you keep track. You know, I teach my clients if they work for someone how to keep track of what they're accomplishing. And it's not just the work itself. The other things, other factors that come into it. So that when it's performance review, hey, I deserve a raise, Mr. or Ms. Boss, because look at what I've done here. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you a question that I get quite often as um, when I'm talking with women who are going through the divorce process. A lot of these women may have been um, out of the workforce for, Mm -hmm. you know, raising children. And right. they have this attitude. And I uh, I had another guest on the show, Jackie Cote, and her, her and I were talking about this. A couple of guests and I have talked about this, but it's like they don't feel that they have anything of value to offer the employees as a lot of time or the employers. A lot of time, w- what they will say to me is, but I've only been a mom or I've only been in the house for the last eight or 10 or 12 years. How do you deal with that? kind of limiting belief that I'm only a mom or I'm, you know, I'm only a wife or whatever they may think. Yes, I was one of those because when, well, my now ex obviously (laughs) decided to leave and he didn't allow me to work during the marriage. What was I supposed to do? How was I going to pay the mortgage and the children? And, and and feed the children. <laughs> I didn't. That came out wrong, didn't? No, I? <laughs> I knew what you meant. They know. Everybody knows what you meant there. <laughs> okay, so um, what people don't realize is we used to call them family financial officers, FFOs, because the mother keeps track. She keeps track of schedules. She gets if she has more than one child, she gets the children wherever they need to go on time and plan for the dinner and make sure everything runs smoothly in the household and does all the work. How can she say it's only a mom? Yeah. That is a man's fault. That's not a woman's fault. Yeah. She knows everything that she does. It's a question of presenting it. And how do you do it? If she's part of the PTA, if she's part of the... Uh, community, you know what, a residential block, or they do something, or um, if it's what, I don't know if it's all over the U.S. or not, but we used to have neighborhood, excuse me, neighborhood watch. Where, yeah, uh, I think were. quite, in the bigger cities, I think it sure, that sure exists. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, all these things, uh, being a team mom, you know, pro providing snacks and all that. There's a way of rephrasing that that is so much more than a mom. Mm-hmm. I think it's terrible that it's so denigrated where we do everything and it's 24-7. Right, yeah. Because your child gets sick, you don't get to sleep. Yeah, and I, I think Jackie was saying she sat with a client one time and totaled up. If, if, if you had had to hire somebody to do all the things that just the mom does, it would have been over $60,000 a year. Absolutely. Absolutely. So women need to stop putting themselves down, think about what they would love to do, start thinking what they can do towards that or, you know, what skills they could use 
or what they need to enhance to accomplish their dream because there is no such thing as just a mom. Yes, I love that. I love the way you said that. that is so, that's so strong. There's no mistake in that one, is there? Good. <laughs> I hope I get through to some people. <laughs> yes. So, so what do you? Why do you think? And this is I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. Why okay. do you think people get stuck in a job and stay in a job that they hate? They get up every morning and they are mad because they have to go to work. They're mad at work. They're mad when they come home from work. What? Why do people stay in those kind of jobs? Number one is fear, fear of losing the paycheck, number one. And not think about something could be better around the corner. Number two, I think it's still a leftover from the previous century where you started to work for a company and you stayed there till you were ready to retire, and that's gone. Yeah. I know it's scary to do when you don't have a little nest egg or some savings. Yeah. But look, just a mom like me, I managed to do it without anything and survive and move on. So it's just how you approach it, right? Right. Maybe you have to work on your attitude a little bit. Um, You know, it's just don't be so down. Moms have plenty of skills. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, and if you go back to the, well, like I was out of the workforce for, let me think, 12 years, 12 years before I could get back to it. So it was, I, and that's the time where all this computer stuff came up, you know, and I go, oh my goodness, how am I going to handle that? Right. So I had to go and learn about, um, you know, how to work with a computer because, it was a while ago, obviously, when I say that, I date myself. But it's the same situation for so many women today. Yeah. Or they've been kept under the thumb. Yeah. And they believed everything their spouse said. You know, like, I got to hear every day how stupid I was, how I couldn't do anything right, how illogical, how incompetent I was, any kind of variation thereof. And I started to think, well, if that's true, why is it that I'm doing everything? Exactly. Yeah. 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 And and uh-huh. I do. I do. I agree with you. And the other thing, because I'm from Canada. So when I came down here to the United States, I was always amazed that people would stay in their job for the health insurance because of oh. the cost of, you know, having to deal with private health insurance. But right. now there's even options for that, um, you know, right. where where there are programs for people that maybe don't have a really high income at this point in time where they can get reasonable cost insurance for themselves and, and their children if they needed to. So um, right. once you get people and we're almost out of time, I can't believe how fast these these conversations really? go already. <laughs> <laughs> if Once you get people in a, under thinking outside the box. And thinking of the possibilities and you get them on the job search, what are some of the things that you would recommend for interviewing? Because I know that's always something hard for people is to prepare for the interview, whether it's Zoom or in person or what are some of the tips that you give people, Miriam Rose, to help them get prepared for that? Is so how much time do I have left, Marty? Because you got about five minutes. So go ahead. You got right. time. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing with interviews. What people don't understand is that it's a two-way conversation. So it's not going to the interview. I hope they like me. I hope I answer correctly. No, you have a conversation. You try to find out what the position is about. I teach my clients the questions they need to pose. 
so they know what they walk into. I teach my clients how to connect with the interviewer because 85% of a successful interview is connecting with the interviewer. It's only 15% on the technical know-how. So you see if you switch careers, how easy it would be. And then what happens if the interview derails? How do you get it back on track? Yeah. So those are the things to keep in mind, first of all. So that requires a little shift in thinking as well. And then um, I tell my clients to be prepared, research the company, which they should have done first anyway. You know, you're just not going to work for any company. Uh, oh, and also illegal questions. If they pose illegal questions, what should you do? Right. Uh, which is basically say with a smile. Are you sure you want to ask me that? Yeah. <laughs> Letting them know that you know it's an illegal question. Right, right. And then if they pursue it, then do you want to work for that kind of company or... You know, you say yes and answer their questions, which they shouldn't. So um, to be prepared, you have to research the company, tell them you know uh, what they're working on, and, uh, you know, say um, present your strengths with that alignment, obviously. So those are my tips. I can't give you specific um questions they should pose because I don't know who the person is and who the company is. So that makes it hard. But those are some tips right off the top of the head. I I like that. Always research the companies. A lot of people don't do that. And that is so simple nowadays. Go to LinkedIn, Google or search the company on LinkedIn, and it'll give you a list of all the people in that company that are online. Look at what they're posting on LinkedIn. Get some ideas yep. about the challenges of companies. Yeah. And I, I love that idea of seeing the interview as a conversation, not yep. them asking you a bunch of questions and you just spitting out a bunch of answers. Right. Another good resource is Hoover's. All right. I always get it confused with the vacuum cleaner, but I think vacuum cleaner is Hoover. Then this is Hoover's. Dot com. Okay. And they have books out. They print books for people who don't have the internet. You can go to the library. You can look at the books. And um, I know their books are even uh, in Barnes & Noble. Okay. If you still have a, a, mortar, a brick and mortar building like okay. that near you. And they tell you who's the president, the vice president, the secretary, the treasurer, and uh, what the company does. Yes. Yeah, so besides the LinkedIn, you have that too. Right. And there's and that. You go- Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry no, no, I cut you off. <laughs> go to the company website and see what they have and ask for the annual report. Yeah. They have to be accountable to the uh, stakeholders, stockholders, whatever. Yeah. They have plenty of information to get from there. Another great resource that I found out about is that website called Glassdoor. Have you taken a look yes. at that? And that is a place where current and past employees can rate what it's like to work for that company. So um, the company, you know, now I'll, I'll, I got to tell you, it's only the really disgruntled, pissed off employees that get on there. Yeah, that's the same reason I don't trust Yelp. Yeah. Because it's only disgruntled. Very few who are happy say. Right. But, but, you know, I always say, if you look at a company, like, let's say it's a big company, I'm not going to put any brand names out there because I just don't want to do that. But let's say it's a big company that, that most people in the United States would know. And there's maybe 20 or 30 negative comments on there, but you know, they employ hundreds of thousands of people. That's probably not a problem, but you go to a little local store in your, in your town and there's 20 
problem comments, then you know maybe there's a problem with management at that organization. So, yeah. That's correct. So, Miriam Rose, you have shared a ton of information. Thank you. This has been really practical and strategic. What do you think is the most important thing that you would like people to remember when they turn off this podcast today? That there is no reason for them to be unhappy at work. That moms who need to go back to work, it's a lot easier than they may think. And they have plenty of skills and abilities. <laughs> More <laughs> than enough. For position. <laughs> yes. I, I love that. And that I think that's such an important takeaway. Don't downplay your skills. Um, play them up. So Miriam Rose, if people want to reach you and find out more about what you do or just get in touch with you, how can they do that? What's the best way? Uh, They can go to my website, which is reimagineyourcareernow.com. They can use my phone number. Shall I say it? Uh, We can put it in the show notes if you want. No no worries. But but your website is probably the best way. Is that the the most effective way? And if they wanted to see my story, how I got back in, it's at LinkedIn, of course, LinkedIn.com. Then you have this forward slash and the in, right? And then my name, uh, all one word. Perfect. Well, thank you so much um, for sharing all your insight. And it's been fun. Thank you. You made you made a tough conversation uh, fun for us to have. So I'd like to thank everybody for listening into the D shift. And I encourage you to listen to the next episode. Thanks for listening and supporting the D-Shift podcast. If you would like to attend live trainings by our amazing guests and have a chance to ask questions and get answers from our experts, join the D-Shift crew. For more details and to sign up, head on over to www.divorcecoachforwomen and click on the podcast page.